Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, Celebration, how's everybody doing today, huh? You guys doing good? All right, come on, big, big weekend, water baptism and membership, man. We hope that many of you are doing both of those. You can knock those out right now. Come on, please help me welcome all of our locations right now. Welcome them into the experience. And look, I need, I need for all of us to give a big welcome. One of, the church, one of our churches that is participating with us in this series is Celebration Northern Ireland. So come on, let's, let's put it together for Celebration Northern Ireland. They've recently moved into the big Craig Avon Center there just outside of Belfast and big John Scott and the entire team. Man, we are so proud of you guys and we are praying uh, for you guys and I look forward to being over there later this year. You know, we kicked off a series last weekend called This Changes Everything. And we talked about the resurrection power of Jesus and isn't it the truth that the resurrection changed everything? It changed everything for the world and it changed everything for us. And we talked about that, you know, the resurrection of Jesus, that's not something that we can just kind of be neutral about, but it demands a response, a response to the resurrection, because the resurrection was not an end, it was a means to an end. And last weekend we talked about that, what does God want for for us? You know, what is our response to the resurrection? And it's kind of a four-step process. The first one is to know God. Everybody say, know God. The second one is to find freedom. Say, find freedom. The third one is discover your purpose. Say that. And the fourth one is to make a difference. If you'd asked me, and and some of you will find this out today in our membership class, if you'd asked me, Stovall, what is the vision of Celebration Church? Where our vision is for you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. If that happens in your life, you know what? You're gonna be fulfilling really the, the mission of Jesus and kind of our mission statement for our church is that, that you're living a God-first life and you're leading others to experience a God-first life. And it's a process of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. So look, I've just kind of summed up the membership class for you already. So we've made it real easy. They're gonna shorten it to about 20 minutes and uh, you can just go there right after... Uh, the service ends, and also water baptisms, man. It is gonna be awesome. Wonderful. Well, look, I wanna get into the second message uh, of this series today, and uh, we're gonna be reading out of uh, the Gospel of John, chapter one, and then we're gonna be reading out of the Gospel of Luke in, uh, in chapter seven, verse 11. I'm really, really excited about this message. We're going to dig in a little bit deeper to kind of that first step of, of knowing God. And I've entitled this message, An Open Casket. An Open Casket. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, I just pray today, Lord, that uh, we would have a revelation of Jesus And God, that we would really understand what it means to see the old go out and the new come in, that it's out with the old, that it's in with the new. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. In your name we pray, and everybody said amen. All right, let's take a look at that again here in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter one, verse 29. 
I want you to see a few things about this. And we just saw this on the screen. It says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, there's the revelation. John got the revelation. Jesus is the Son of God. Keep going. And this is he whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the great I am. He's always been here. Verse 31, or ver, yeah, verse 31, it says, I did not know him, everybody say know him, but that he should be revealed, say revealed, revealed to Israel, therefore I came baptizing with water. Here's the connection that I want you to see here when it comes to water baptism. Water baptism is connected to having a revelation of Jesus where you know him as the Son of God. It come, water baptism is connected with having a revelation of Jesus where you know him as your Savior and your Lord. There's a personal relationship with there. We talked about this last week that we just don't know about him. A lot of people know about Jesus, but a lot of people don't know Jesus, the person. Okay, keep going. And John bore witness saying, look, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remained upon him. Okay, I wanna say this today. Look, some of you, when you get water baptized, you know what? When you come up out of that water, water, just like you saw Jesus come up out of that water, Jesus was our example. When you come up out of that water, can I tell you this? There's gonna be an open heaven over your life. See, one of the, 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 the some people say, well, why did Jesus get baptized? You know, Jesus, uh, uh, you, you know, Jesus had no sin, so it wasn't like, you know, he needed to go away with his old life and come up with a new. That's right. Jesus was perfect. Jesus had no sin. However, Jesus was setting an example. And baptism is more than, yes, we go down in our old man and we're buried uh, with Christ in baptism and we leave that old sin and we leave that old life behind. But listen, when we come up, it's also about God commissioning you to a new purpose. See, Jesus' life before this point, it was kind of hidden. We kind of see him as a baby in the manger. Then we see him in the temple when he's 12. And then all of a sudden, where's all those years? And then all of a sudden, he, here he is about 30 years old and he's being baptized. Why? Because this is the new commissioning into his ministry. That's why right after Jesus, there's no account of him ever preaching repentance or healing anybody or anything like that before this water baptism. And now he gets water baptized immediately following this. The Bible says he goes out, watch, filled with the Spirit. He goes into the wilderness filled with the Spirit, watch. He comes back in the power of the Spirit. See, look. Look, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven. Here's what's gonna happen to many of you today. What is the, where the Spirit of the Lord is? There is liberty. What's the next step after knowing God? Finding freedom. You're gonna come up out of that water and it's gonna be like an open heaven. There's gonna be a new liberty. There's gonna be a new freedom in your life. There's gonna be a, a new commissioning into the purposes of God. That's what revelation is. Revelation is something that you see for the first time that God's known all along. Revelation is something that you see for the very first time that God has already had planned for your life. Look at the next thing here. John says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Here's what's gonna happen to many of you. As you be water baptized, you're gonna receive a greater measure of the Holy Spirit. You're gonna be Spirit-filled, and then guess what? When you're Spirit-filled, you're Spirit-led. When you're spirit-led, you know what happens? That third step, you discover your purpose. You start discovering your purpose. 
Now, later on in the series, there's a greater degree of spirit baptism that we'll talk about later. But I'm telling you that today, you're gonna receive a greater measure of the Holy Spirit and God's gonna lead you into his purpose because when you're spirit-filled, you're spirit-led. And look at the last thing here. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Everybody say testify. See, Jesus didn't just save you so you could go to heaven and you could be forgiven. Thank God it includes that, but can I tell you this? Jesus saved you so that you could be a vessel of his love and his mercy to others. So you would have a testimony. Come on, how many of you know what testify means? Testify, you know what I mean, testify. It's a testimony, you think in court, right? Right, that you bring up a witness and this person either testifies for you or testifies against you. Come on, how many of you been to court? How many of you, there you go, come on, be honest. This, I know what this church is all about. We got, we got all kind of people in here. <laughs> Thank God, God got you, but come on, how many of you still got a court date coming up? We gonna pray for you. I know you, I know you. Come on, I'm right there, I know you. It's all right, God's got you. But someone what testifies for you or against you. See, when you have an encounter with Jesus, guess what? You have a testimony. You know, I once was blind, but now I see. No one can take away your testimony. They can argue with you about theology. They can argue with you about the existence of God. They can argue, this is the key. Let me help you witness. Let me help you invite somebody to church. Here's all you need to know. You need to know what God's done in your life. You know what, I hear what you're saying, I understand all that, but all I can say is what, God, what has happened in my life. That is your testimony. See, part of the way that you overcome, part of the way that you make a difference. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb. I'm gonna talk about that in just a second, knowing that we're forgiven. So condemnation doesn't come in and cripple your life. You're forgiven, you're a child of God. And the word of our testimony Anytime when you doubt or you're whatever or you're being, people are saying this or you're reading that or whatever, you know what? You can always go back and say, you know what? I don't know about all that, but here's what I do know. I once was blind and now I see. Everybody deserves the right to tell your testimony. And that's, that's how you start coming into step four. That's how you start making a difference. Okay, so let me just kind of unpack three Quick things about knowing God, the first step that we talk about here, knowing God. I wanna say this, it's like, there's kind of three foundational, crucial areas about knowing God that you have to know in this journey of walking with Jesus, okay? So the, the, if, if we talk about, y'all better wake up back there, man. Look, when you know God, look, you know, the very important, we're talking about knowing God, you know the person of Jesus. You know the person of Jesus. Christianity is not a program, Christianity is a person. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know the person of Jesus, man. This is what separates our faith from everything else, a personal relationship with God. You can know God like you know your mother, your father, your, another family member. You can know God, and guess what? God knows you better than anybody else, and you can know God, man. You can know him. You can know he's with you, and that's gonna lead into these other things. Look at these scriptures real quick. Philippians 3.10. Here's what Paul said, that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection. We talked about that last week. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Can I say this? Did you know, did you know that Jesus is with you in your pain? Did you know when you're suffering and you're going through pain and tragedy and loss or discouragement or disappointment, can I tell you this, that Jesus suffered too? We're gonna take a look at a story in just a moment where Jesus is, is, is weeping because of human suffering. This is one of the powerful things about knowing the person of Jesus. And that, there's that you not only know his resurrection power, but you know what? You know Jesus as your comforter. You know Jesus as a God who loves you and he's with you He's fellowshipping with you in your sufferings because he suffered. And he knows what that's like. Being conformed to his death. And many of you are gonna take a step uh, to that today as we are buried in baptism. That old man, that old life is being buried. You're coming up in the newness of life where it's not just you who live, but it's Christ in you. That old man is dead. Next scripture. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Can I just remind everyone, listen, I'm not trying to be spooky and super spiritual, but listen, there, there is a real devil. There is a real enemy of your soul, okay? If there's a heaven, there's a hell. Jesus talked about the devil. He talked about the enemy, okay? Now listen, don't be one of those people. You know what I'm saying? You get a flat tire coming to church. You're like, it's a devil, it's a devil. <laughs> don't be some crazy goofball. You know, your coffee pot's broken. You're blaming the devil. You know what I'm saying? People love to act like idiots and blame the devil on their stupidity, all right? Was that too? I'm just saying. But there is a real enemy of your soul, and you know what? He hates the image of God. He hates what went on last weekend when 1,221 people gave their lives to Jesus. He hates that. Watch, watch. He hates it. He hates the fact that many of you are getting water baptized today. He hates it that you're on now to God's part. You know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. Listen, there's an enemy of our soul, but guess what? You have a weapon. And the first thing that you need to know is greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The devil doesn't have a chance with Jesus. In fact, he's already been defeated. Jesus defeated him on the cross. The game is over. That's why the Bible just says this, submit unto God and resist the devil. He'll flee from you. But you do need to understand, listen, that there is spiritual warfare going on and the enemy does not want you to experience God's best. Okay, and when I say the enemy, I'm talking about the devil, the, the devil's kingdom. Okay, I don't think you know the devil, like Lucifer, Satan, you know, is actually messing with you. I don't know where he is. I mean, God's going to punish him one day, but I'm, I don't know where he is. Probably back in the Middle East somewhere, because that place is crazy. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying. But his kingdom, there's powers, there's principalities, there's spiritual wickedness. Are you following me? You, you go to Jerusalem, man. You have never felt spiritual warfare like you uh, feel in uh, Jerusalem, man. And we're, that's why we're so involved over there. You know, there's what you'll never see on the media. You know that there's churches over there that have Palestinian Christians and Jewish Christians, believers, all in the same church, worshiping God together. Listen, peace isn't hard to find when you follow the Prince of Peace, Jesus. <laughs> 
You know we support, you know what we do? Do you know we support a Christmas outreach? I think we paid for all of it last year. We're paying for all of it this year. You support it, okay? You know what they do? There's this guy who got saved. He was uh, half Jewish and half Muslim, and he was a war child. It's a long story. He's back in Africa. He doesn't outreach now. He's saved. He doesn't outreach on Christmas Day. And um, uh, uh, Muslims love Christmas. They'll come to Christmas. You just have to do the parties for the guys separate than the girls. So he has all these guys, all these, I mean, these are, these are devout Muslims. Come to the Christmas party. And guess what happens? A Jewish guy gets up there and tells them of his story of Jesus and how he used to hate Muslims. And he tried to kill them in this war and all this and how he was brought up. And he gave his life to Jesus. And Jesus has changed his life. And he looks at all those Muslim men and he says, now I'll tell you from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I love you. And I forgive you. And I forgive you. And I forgive myself. And I love you. And you'll see every one of those Muslim men start crying. Start crying. They've just, but you know why? Because they've never experienced love. Church, you need to be proud of some of the outreaches you give to because they're changing lives everywhere. All right, I got off on that, but it was good. Okay, so look. Okay, so look, look. Jesus says, look, I've come that they may have life. Everybody say life. And then they may, they may have it more abundantly. So what does this say? When you know the person of Jesus, you have a new relationship, really an entire new life. Everybody say new life. So not only, look, so when you know God, you know the person of Jesus. Here's something else very important now that you know Jesus, that God wants you, and you have a new life. Something else very important God wants you to know. Go to the next thing here. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. He wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven, that you're a child of God. You're not saved, unsaved, saved, unsaved, born again, 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 again. Okay, if you've received Jesus, you don't need to come down to the altar anymore. Now, if you, if you drift from God and, and all that, and you feel like you need to make a recommitment, well, of course, that's fine. That's like the prodigal son coming home. But here's what I'm trying to say. When it comes down to, 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 to sin and your salvation, listen, your salvation is secure in Jesus. Okay, look, you have to, God wants you to know that you have eternal life. In other words, that there's no doubt in your mind that you're forgiven, that you know you're a child of God, and no matter what happens, you're on your way to heaven. And this is the foundational component of walking with God, knowing the love of God. Or guess what? You're, you're, you're just going to be on a roller coaster. You're going to think God likes you one day. He's mad at you the next. No, God is, likes you all the time. How about that? He's probably the only person that likes you all the time, but God likes you all the time. You and your crazy self. He's pleased with you. That's one of the things God spoke over Jesus when he came up out of the water. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God is pleased with you. All his anger that he had for you was poured out on his own son, Jesus, over 2,000 years ago. Okay, God executed his judgment, his anger at your sin on his own son, Jesus. So guess what? Now, when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. Your sin's already been judged on Jesus. Man, he sees Christ in you. He sees you as justified, as perfect. Justified It's just as though you've never sinned. He loves you. He wants you to know you have eternal life. Go on to this. Look, and this is eternal life, that they know you. Everybody say, know God. Know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus whom you have sent. Look at 1 John 5, 3. 
these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. Everybody say no. Know what? That you have eternal life. How many of you believe, I'm not talking about know about, I'm talking about a heart trust. You believe in Jesus. You believe in the name of the Son of God. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now, because I'm telling you, if you'll respond to this in your heart, guess what? You can know right this second that you have eternal life. Come on, this is a salvation call. Right now, raise your hand. If you, if you believe in Jesus, all of us who believe in Jesus, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, on the authority of your word, we thank you that we know now that we are forgiven and we have eternal life because we believe in you. Come on, that's worth shouting about. Man, that is worth a shout. Man. See, we're, we're putting too much energy in thinking about the here and now. See, your life is like a vapor on this earth. We need to remember, hey, you know what? <laughs> my life, my, my, you know, right now my life is in the pits. It's in the dumps. I have the worst life ever. But thank God for Jesus that it's only temporary. Can somebody say amen? And I can tell you, even though you think your life is bad right now, look, we're gonna talk about this sec. God wants you to break bad. Some of you need to start breaking bad. God wants you to find freedom. He wants you to have abundant life, right? That was, I, I wanna do a series called Breaking Bad. Isn't that Breaking Bad? What was his name, Hassan? Uh, who's the, the meth dealer? I don't condone that. You know what I'm talking about, Breaking Bad. Pastor doesn't condone that show. It's a terrible show, don't watch it. Okay, next. In other words, look, you know you have eternal life. Look, you have a new destiny. You have a new, de you have a new life, you have a new destiny, man. Heaven, thank you, Jesus. And the next thing God wants you to make sure that you know that you know that you are a new creation. Look at this scripture here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, do I have some anyones in the house today? We got a few anyones. If anyone is in Christ, look at this. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, all things have become New, you're a new creation in Christ. So, so let me tell you what this means, okay? Your body, soul, and spirit, I don't have time to unpack this in its entirety. Your body, soul, and spirit, as a human being, your body, soul, and spirit. When you receive Jesus into your life, guess what? God gives you a brand new spirit. That old human spirit was dead in its trespasses and sins. And now God gives you a brand new spirit according to Ephesians 4.24, created in true righteousness and true holiness. That's where Christ in you resides. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. That means your new spirit, guess what? It's made up of the same substance as the Holy Spirit. Now your soul is all whacked out, okay? That's the progressive part of your sanctification or you becoming in the image of Christ. Your soul won't be completed or whole or, or perfect, so to speak, until you see Jesus. When we see him, we will be like him, okay? But right now, guess what? Your spirit, the spirit part of you, your spirit is perfect if you've received Jesus. That's where the Holy Spirit is. It doesn't need to grow up. It doesn't need to mature. 
It doesn't need to learn anything. That's where the mind of Christ is. This is where you get revelation from God. It comes through the Holy Spirit that's in your spirit. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, the Holy Spirit resides in your spirit. You know, that's, that's like a new kind of human being. That's a child of God type of human being. That's why the Bible calls salvation born again. You were born as a natural human. You received Jesus. You have a new spirit. Now you are born as a spiritual person, a child of God that's going to live forever and ever and ever and ever. I like this. So you have a new life, you have a new destiny, and you have a new identity. And your new identity is your real identity. It's who you are in Christ. You're not that label that people put on you. You're not that person that did all those crazy, stupid things. That was you before Jesus. Okay, now there's a new identity. This is you with Jesus. You have potential and purpose, and God loves you. So you have a new life. You have a new destiny, and you have a new identity. Okay, water baptism. Water baptism. All three of these things are demonstrated in water baptism. All three of these things are demonstrated in water baptism. Why? You go down in the old life, you come up, it's a new life. You go down, you bury that old destiny, thank you Jesus, separated from God. You come up with a new destiny on your way to heaven with an open heaven. You go down with that old identity, that old man, that old person that was far from God that did all those crazy things. Guess what? You come up with a new identity. You are a new creation in Christ. This is what water baptism represents, identifying with Christ where you are bearing that old person and you're coming up in newness of life. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? now? And to close, here's what I want to do to close. To close, I want to look at a story here. It's a story. This is a great story of water baptism. I'm moving this back here because we're, we're going to need to move this back. Great story that illustrates water baptism in Luke. It's kind of my closing story here. Y'all know how I close. I have about three closings, right? Y'all know that. If you're new to celebration, this is the first closing. It means we got about 10 minutes left. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look, look. Now what happened, okay? So now Jesus, he's going through towns. He's preaching the gospel. He's healing people. He's on his way uh, to Jerusalem. It says, now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. Everybody say Nain. It's an unusual name, isn't it? Nain. Let me tell you what this word means. This word Nain means pasture, pleasant place, habitation, or home. Where does Jesus lead us? He leads us beside still waters. He leads us into green pastures. He's, we have a new destiny. We're following Jesus to an eternal home, a pleasant place, an eternal habitation where we're with God forever. Now he's going to this city called Nain. It says, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. So here's Jesus, right? He's, I'm gonna kind of walk from it this way. He's coming, he's coming into this city 
Man, here's this large crowd with him. He's been doing miracles. People are following him. I mean, people are rejoicing with him. They're following Jesus. They know Jesus. Man, they're excited. And they're coming into this city called Nain. Nain, that means, that means pleasant pasture, habitation, home. Now look at this. It says, 12, and when he came near the gate of the city, he's coming in the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. So imagine this scene. Here comes Jesus with this big crowd into the city. They're all happy. They're all rejoicing. They all know Jesus. And as they're coming into the city, here they come. Come on out. Here comes this other crowd of people. Somebody has died. Mom, walk a little slower. Somebody has died. Stay right there. So, you know, come up a little bit. Now, as you'll see here, this is not like a coffin. You know what I'm saying? I just, I wasn't going to bring a coffin up on stage, like, you know, kind of eerie, like Dracula, like, you know what I'm saying? Plus, I knew that Jeff would start doing all those crazy Count Dracula sounds. So we just have a, a stretcher right here. But watch out. You guys, you guys keep holding him, you know, like y'all are bringing him out. So these guys are bringing him out on this coffin. Here's mom. Mom's sad. Now look what it says here. Verse 13, it says, when the Lord saw her, okay, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that has compassion when people are hurting? We serve a God that does not want anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to eternal life. I just, I just read to you about the fellowship of his sufferings. Jesus, remember, he's moved with compassion because he sees the mom weeping. He's identifying with this mom and her, 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 her son that has died. I want to just stop and encourage you moms right here. Listen, don't you stop weeping for your family. Don't you stop praying for your sons and for your daughters. You keep crying out to God. I'm telling you, God sees those tears. Come on, grandma, you got to keep praying. Come on, aunt, you got to keep praying. Come on, sister, you got to keep praying. Come on, mom, you got to keep praying. God sees those tears and you keep praying and God's going to move on your behalf. Man, I could preach that. Whoo. Your tears are not wasted. Your prayers are not wasted. Jesus sees this woman. Look, and he says to her, do not weep. You know what that means? I'm getting involved. Can I tell you this? Just know that whoever you're praying for, God's getting involved. God's getting involved. He's getting involved. Verse 14, look. It says, then he came and touched the open coffin or open casket. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Watch this. So y'all come out here. Y'all are, they're, they're pushing him. Keep pushing. Need to get it where they can see. They're pushing him. Jesus stops the open casket. And these guys stood still. Y'all back off. 
Y'all back off. Let me ask you this. Is there someone or something in your life that's trying to carry you to a place of death and despair? See, I want to submit to you this. Every single one of us in this crowd at all of our locations, every single one of us are in one of these two groups. We're either, we either know Jesus, we're following him, and we're rejoicing because we have a new destiny, or we're part of the other crowd. We're actually on our way separated from Nain, separated from the power of God, headed to a place of death. They were taking him to the cemetery. Every single person in here is in one of those two crowds. Either know Jesus, you're following him rejoicing, headed to a place of life, or you don't know Jesus, and in your heart you're hurt, you're sad, you're in sin, and you're headed to a place of death. I want to remind you today that Jesus, if you're headed to a place of death, Jesus wants to interrupt the process. He wants to interrupt the process. So the first thing he does is he stops the casket, and these guys, in other words, listen, you gotta be careful. There's some people that might be in your life, they're trying to take you out on a casket. There might be some things, some things in your life, some porn, some drugs, other things going on that are trying to take you out on a casket. Can I tell you this? None of those things are a big deal to God. God's already died for all of those sins. Man, God, God wants to interrupt the process. Come on, is anybody in here gonna let Jesus stop that casket? Look at this, look, look, look. He stops the casket. He tells these guys to back off. And he says to the young man, and this is so similar to what he said to Lazarus. We talked about that last week. He says to this young man, young man, come on, Jesus has manners. <laughs> young man, I say to you. See, probably the other voices in this young man's life were saying all the wrong things to him. Jesus says, is speaking to him. Uh -uh, I say to you, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you've gotten to this place. I don't care about any of the, I say to you. Arise. In the Bible, what happens? The young man Sits up. Is that, I think that's what he might have done, right? Maybe kind of <laughs> something like that, kind of like a post-death, kind of a resurrection dance. Something. He sits up. Watch, 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 watch. It's important. He sits up, and the Bible says, look, Jesus says, I say to you, young man, arise. Look, go to the next scripture. So he was dead, sat up, and began to speak. And then Jesus presents him 
to his mom. Just keep it right there. Keep it right there. And then it goes on to say, and everyone glorified God and it was all awesome and all that. But here's what I want you to say. He was dead, set up, and he began to speak. I want you to notice this. The first thing that happened to this young man was after he experienced resurrection life, he began to speak. What is speech? Speech is communication. Now, we don't know what he began to speak, but I can guarantee you this. What he began to speak in resurrection life was much different than what he was speaking before resurrection life. Stay right there. Here's what I'm trying to say. Some of you in your own life, you've got in, in the habit, you talk bad about yourself, you speak bad about your situation, you speak bad about other people, you speak bad about, it's just negative. You're talking bad about yourself, I'll never do this. You're talking you know, bad about your situation, you're talking bad about your job, you're talking bad about your spouse, you're talking bad about other things. Here's what I'm trying to say. When you experience Jesus, God changes your heart and then that changes your mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what I'm talking about, breaking bad. You know what Jesus does? Jesus gets you into a process of breaking bad. You stop talking bad about yourself, bad about other people, bad about your situation, and you start speaking words of faith and life that, man, I'm a child of God now. It's a new day now. Things are gonna straighten out now. Man, God's gonna get things in shape now. I belong to God. Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and nothing will be impossible for you. Now you start saying this, I have Jesus, therefore nothing is impossible to me. I have Jesus, therefore according to Romans 8, 38, God's gonna work all things for the good and those who love Christ and are called according to his purpose. I thank you that I have Jesus now so all of my sins are forgiven. I thank you that I have Jesus now so now I can be healed, I can walk in life, my family can serve God. Oh, I wish somebody in here was excited about serving. Now watch, watch. You either gotta stand up or sit down. This is my third and final close. Cause you gotta watch this. This is it, watch, watch this. Here's the awesome thing about this story. The Bible says when he came out, lie down again. You're dead again, just for a second. When he came out, it was an open coffin or an open casket. Listen. You might be in this place. You might have friends and family in this place that really, they're far from God. And they're really without life. I wanna encourage you today. That casket is not closed. That casket is open. And Jesus can intervene at any time and the reverse the process. 
He takes you from death to life. Here's what I'm trying to say. Listen, thank God that everyone who's far from God, they're not lying in a closed casket. They're lying in an open casket. And God can touch them and God can heal them and God can reverse where they're headed and take them from death to life. So watch. This story is what water baptism is about. Guess what? Those wood boxes out there with water in them, that's your casket today. There's a casket waiting for you out there. You know what we're gonna do? Baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Watch, let me show you like this. Turn. Watch this. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Out with the old, old life, old identity, old sin, old patterns, old destiny, and in with the new. Come on, you are raised up in newness of life. This is what's gonna happen. Out with the old, old ways, old patterns, come on. In with the new. It's time for some sit-ups. Right now we're gonna do some crunches. You ready? Out with the old, (laughs) in with the new. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, church. Listen, there's a casket waiting for some of you out there. What does water baptism symbolize? It symbolizes we were dead like the young man in this story in our trespasses and sins. But thank God, God had mercy. He had compassion. And thank God we had an open casket. Thank God Jesus, Jesus was following us. Jesus was pursuing us. And then he speaks to us, arise. Come on, we rise up. We begin to follow Jesus. That's what today's about. That is what water baptism is about. Come on, I want no one leaving. No one leave this place. Come on, let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.